Welcome to this third episode of 3DP and Me podcast. For those of you who are new to this podcast, my name is Ali Reza Parandian, Business Development Director of the Business Line Eyewear at Materialize, and I'm very excited about today's episode on business benefits of 3D printing. So what if your business wants to design, test, and launch new collections and bring them to market with less risk, less waste, and lower upfront cost? But above that, how can you uh, try to be more uh, responsive to the market conditions? And on top of that, how can you differentiate yourself by adding customization uh, benefits to your product portfolio? Today, helping me is Paul Marshall, CEO of transformative autofocal eyewear brand, Morrow. He's a trained engineer, and I know him as an entrepreneur. He started envisioning this business together with his partner, Yella, in 2016, and he has achieved that vision. Paul, welcome. Thank you, Aliza. I'm very glad to be here today. Paul, uh, for our listeners, could you just briefly tell us a little bit more about yourself and Morrow? So, indeed, I'm a trained engineer. Uh, I worked 15 years in iMac, next door in Leuven where I developed semiconductor technologies, uh, advanced packaging, which is used today in, in most of the server farms in the cloud. Yes. And um, in 2012, I moved to San Francisco, the Bay Area, to support some of our customers over there from iMac. And I met a lot of entrepreneurs. And I realized that I'm no different than them and I could start my own business. And at that time, I met Jelle Desmet who developed a tunable contact lens. And I found it was an amazing idea, but it was very far away from any market. And um, we decided to transform the technology, take it, but introduce it in eyewear and develop a new product to fix an age-old problem, which is presbyopia. Um, everybody among us at the age of 45-ish and above, we get troubles reading and uh, 60% of the people in that case will turn to multifocal glasses, which are glasses which are compromised. Uh, conscious or unconsciously, people really don't like them. There is a lot of aberration in the glass. It causes nausea. It's hard to go biking, uh, hiking outdoor, uh, sitting in your sofa doesn't work any longer. And we're fixing that problem by removing some of that compromise and adding it electronic tunable lens. So there are multifocal lenses already in the market, right? You can buy them in glass form. How is your product different? Well, a multifocal lens consists of two parts. One is for distance vision at the top and a near vision part at the bottom. And these are two lenses with two different curvatures. So you have to blend both lenses into one another, which causes a lot of aberrations. Um, and by adding the tunable lens, we can reduce the addition that is required, the difference between the top and the bottom part of the lens, making the blending much lower and hence reduce the amount of aberrations. And at least this is what we're doing for our first minimum viable product. And how, when you were envisioning doing your product, did 3D printing become a part of your story? So at the core, obviously, our vision is to improve people's vision. So it's improving yours. And um, 
that means that we're a lens company first. We're a company that thinks about eye care and vision first. The first thing why people buy glasses is to see better again, right? It's not about fashion. It's about how you make people see better. And starting from that point, we realized that, okay, you can make lenses, but you have to hold them and carry them into something. And that thing is called eyeglasses or a frame. And uh, that needs to contain some electronics. And then you look at how can we make electronic frames? How are we going to do that? Uh, so we partnered with Achilles Design in Mechelen, who developed our first generation where we integrated the electronics in the frame. And we decided opt for 3D printing because this was the easiest way forward to do the prototyping, to get the learning, and to get a product out there that could work. So that's interesting. So you became interested in 3D printing because of the um, advantages of prototyping, fast prototyping, and iterating your product. And what did you found out in that process that uh, made you more interested uh, for using the technology more as an end, you end part manufacturing technology. So, uh, I I think initially you know we were doing one frame and it was a black one and it looked good and we got very positive feedback on the frame itself from a lot of our test users who wanted just buy the frame and, and use it. So, I mean, <laughs> and that was good. And then we needed to. We hired a, a commercial uh, a person, uh, Peter Hertekant, former Nespresso. And it basically, first thing was, we, we need to have more frames. We need to give people choice. The more choice we have, the more we will sell. Mm -hmm. And so we started to think, is what is the best way in generating more choice? While not breaking the bank in, in terms of making injection molds and other stuff, while we're still fine-tuning the technology because the product was not ready yet. We were very pleasantly surprised, obviously, by the build quality of the current product. People were buying it. So we decided to do more 3D printing. And we partnered with uh, Bieke Hood, um, who was more of an eyewear designer. And that's something that we really needed to bring on board. And she also brought the experience of doing 3D printed designs. And that's become very successful with having more than 156, 156 different frames now on our website available for people to try on. That's really an important point that you talk about, Bikehood. I think it's really um, interesting that this ecosystem is, is taking shape here in Belgium uh, as well, where you have a designer that already thinks in 3D, uh, collaborates with you guys, incorporates all the electronics and the functions of the technology into a design that would actually look beautiful on, on someone's face and then uh, printing it eventually in the right way. Yeah, so I, I think in, uh, Belgium is a small country, but indeed there is a lot of eyewear innovation ongoing. We have in Tina, our supplier, Tokai Optical, uh, and we have materialized here, we have LuxXL in turnout, um, we have us, uh, we have the people from uh, the Eristic. So there is a lot of innovation going on in eyewear and, and it's really good to have that ecosystem because that helps and, and, and innovate and, and having short distances means also fast iterations and, and innovation. Yeah, I believe from personal experience as well that proximity in innovation helps. You can communicate quickly with each other and try to iterate that product. Um, we are now at a phase where 
you have introduced your product uh, into the market. Do you have first initial feedback of customers on how the frame looks like? Because you say uh, it's a fashion product. Yeah, so obviously our frame is still is a designed to be lightweight. We have minimum amount of electronics, smallest possible battery. And we have a nice form factor that goes with it, and we get positive feedback on it. I mean, four out of five people like our frames and or don't have any big complaints about it, which is for us a good starting point where we want to be. And well, it's a lot has to do with the quality that we get today from materials. The reason, the reason why I ask this question um, is not necessarily to highlight uh, the the quality of the product itself. Um, it's also to try to ask you about the usage of 3D printing technology and what kind of benefits it brings you in terms of continuous product development. I mean, in terms of shapes that you want to offer to your customers, in terms of uh, new technology that you would like to integrate. Does uh, Can you reflect a little bit about this aspect of flexibility? As I indicated, we needed to have 156 different frames or more, and, and that basically was only possible because of the 3D printing part. And the reason why we could do it was because the build quality is really there. And, 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 and well, we worked a lot together. Thank you for the support and, and all that offered. But that basically helped us make this possible. And moving forward, you know, this is a continuously evolving product, so we'll need to add more features there. So we'll ch mean imply more changes. Uh, and besides that, I, I think there is another aspect of 3D printing, which is really interesting, which we learned in the ways that you can f fairly easily start customizing and, and personalizing the frames to people's faces. And that is a very important next step, I think, in view of all the evolution that is ongoing either. We'll get to customization in a second, but there's the aspect of sustainability, which uh, uh, I hold very dear to my heart. I do a lot of research, but I wanted to hear your opinion firsthand. How, how does 3D printing allow you to maintain your stocks at a low level, be more flexible and, you know, yeah. keep cost mm, under control? That is obvious. It uh, an important point is that one of the key things is that we are in eyewear and we are making vision first, as I indicated. So we don't want to have a big stock of of frames in there. And, and personally, the shorter the lead time on the frames, the better, because it allows us to reduce our, our working capital in that aspect. And on the other end, we can also keep learning what people want and how we can improve on a shorter note, and uh, I think that is a that is an important step as well. I think what actually pleases me even more in that is that you know you don't waste a lot of plastic, uh, and and uh, uh, you don't have inventory of which you have to throw 50, 60 percent away at the end of the season, and and that is a lot of waste in my view. And 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 if we can avoid that, obviously that's the better. So for you, it's important to de-risk your business, not have a huge inventory, have lower development cycles, be more reactive in the market. And what you say now, um, obviously, I believe also important to your end users, not to uh, pollute uh, by creating waste as well. Let's um, look at 
the, the, the next topic, which is more customization and the benefits it could bring uh, to your brand to differentiate itself uh, in, in, in the marketplace. Can you discuss the topic of individuality a little bit more regarding to your product? Yeah, so one of the things to realize is I think there are few important reasons why people buy eyewear. And the first one is obviously to, to see better. The second one is that the glasses that you put on your face need to fit well and look good. And uh, there are several approaches to that. One approach of that is making 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 different frames. I mean, there are 200,000 frame designs every year or so. So that helps. Then there is a frame for everyone, every person. That approach obviously is a lot of waste, very expensive. <laughs> or the other approach is how can we personalize the frame to a person's choice? And I think there, um, 3D printing can really help uh, in, in doing that. Obviously, you can start changing the shapes, the, the, the sizes, uh, the colors. There is a lot of opportunity there to optimize. I think the other one there is that it also fits better the modern customer journey where um, once you have a face scanned, basically you can keep adding and choosing different frames and having them easily customized. You are uh, certainly one of the people that, that I know that are really making use of all these emerging trends of individuality, customization, bringing electronics in, into, uh, well, important accessories like eyewear. Um, how, do you, how do you see this shaping um, um, and evolving further uh, as we move forward, um, what what kind of impact is it going to have uh, on um, the the new products that's going to be rolled out uh, in in the eyewear scene? I think eyewear is an industry that's on the brink of disruptive change. I mean, it is changing quite fast. We had the D two C revolution, which was in my view, in the 2010s. And in this decade, eh, we're already one decade ahead, I think you will see the evolution towards more electronics and uh, more, even more D2C, where even more consciously balancing what type of experiences we want to bring people offline and what we want to bring online. 56% of all eyewear sales start online today, just to imagine. So. I think that evolution will go there, but the human touch is very important. The question is where and how much and what is supposed to be that touch. And I am very pleased. I mean, at, at Materialize, you're working together with uh, several of the companies uh, optimizing that journey. So that is obviously the right path to go. So, I mean, I'm very intrigued by the fact that eyewear is an accessory that is close to your uh, senses, most of your senses, and that adding electronics and information to the users um, will be a part of the journey of the eyewear industry in the future. But mm, can you reflect on what what is um, holding everything back? What kind of developments need to need to take place to make this uh, make this um, transformation move faster? I think there are two hurdles that need to be taken. Is one, the eyewear that is made needs to look 
good on people's face. I mean, you cannot put a nerd machine on your face and expect people to wear that throughout the day. And you can see it at some augmented reality attempts. They end up being for professional use, which is a really, really good application. But to go to the large community and have people carry it for the entire day, I think that requires eyewear that is lightweight, that is comfortable, and first does the basic well, which is improve people's vision. And that needs to be won first. And that's our entry point in the business. The second part, I think, which is really important is that um, we need to think through how values and profits are distributed in the channel. And uh, that, I think, has been a big hurdle for the eyewear industry to change. I see that there's a lot of evolution there ongoing today. And, um, you know, this is where the entire D2C, the Warby Parkers, the Gentle Monsters, and there's plenty of others following that example. And that's basically the last decade story is happening. And I think with people like Essilor Luxotica being vertically integrated, that will obviously help to make that shift towards more electronics. Super interesting to hear. So 10 years from now, will we all bearing electronic eyewear? Uh, I think there is a chance that there will be more electronics integrated in your frame because it's just next the next logical thing. I mean, you had your smartwatch and nobody thought that Apple would conquer the world with smartwatches, but they did. And the next thing will be something that helps you to see better and gives you probably some more information at the right time. You know, I really think that's interesting because at the time that they were talking about Apple, it, it was, you know, a watch with a lot of functionalities. But the watch was a watch first and the eyewear is going to be something you see better with first. And then there's going to be more functionality added to. I believe in that. Maybe a final uh, question to you. What's next on the horizon uh, for Morrow? What kind of new developments are you guys planning to bring uh, with your new products? With the exciting news is that we're just at the beginning. So we're still developing our technology, making it better so we can improve people's vision. That will happen the next two years. We will expand our reach. Uh, today we're mainly active in Flanders. We want to expand that to a bigger part of, of Europe, obviously, and, and make sure that this product, that we succeed in improving people's vision and learning from what customers want and then adding their our secret sauce. So if I wanna if I wanna buy a moral frame, what do I have to do now? You just go to our website and uh, you do a self-assessment that we will actually check if we can improve you or if help you or not today. Uh, in any ways, you can reach out to us and we will do anything to improve your vision. But the self-assessment is the first test. If you, the self-assessment shows that your moral score improves, uh, then uh, please contact us. We can come to you and help you out. Thank you very much, Paul, for accompanying me here today. Thank you, Ali, for having me over today. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much to our listeners. If you've been inspired by this episode to look more closely into business benefits of additive manufacturing for eyewear, 
make sure you go to our website www.materialize.com slash eyewear there we have created an accompanying guideline for you to be able to dig into these topics more deeply thank you Thank you.